0: You're listening to the awesome podcast network. It's not a joke, even though it's April 1st, but 80s Revisited is back assaulting your eardrums today as we talk about the Michael Mann film and prequel to Silence of the Lamb's Manhunter, which came out in 1986, which we talked about not too long ago about the great flood of movies that came out that year. And this was not mentioned in that episode. So take from that what you will (laughs) and enjoy a brand fresh new episode of 80s Revisited.
1: Is '80s revisited? I'm your producer Jesse Sedgley, and now your host Trey Harris.
0: Whoa, here we come! Brand new episode of '80s revisited. Whoa, here we come! It's a manhunter. Okay, that's enough. Yeah. (laughs) It's appropriate we open with this because they just announced today their first single in like 15 or 25 years.
1: Gotta it's keep that up. paycheck coming.
0: That's right. Even though they hate each other. <laughs> hey. That's what I've always heard. They can't stand each other. Hall and Oats. But.
1: I hate that our names are separated <laughs> by a and percent.
0: Why can't we just put them together and be Hall Oats or Oats yeah. Hall?
1: <laughs> Something different. Put but my name on one side of the album, your name on the other.
0: <laughs> side Hall. A, side B. Side yeah, Hey, there, yeah, there you go. But anyway. Not Hollow Notes here, it's Harrison and Sedgley. I, of course, am your host, Trey Harris, with me as always, my producer on the side B and side A, Jesse Sedgley. <laughs> yes, I am. And we're back six
1: weeks. What? Nah, it couldn't have been that long. Life finds a way
0: to <laughs> stall you from doing a podcast. Sure does. But uh, before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to several uh, of our listeners who either sent emails saying, hey, are you still guys still alive? Are you okay? When's the next episode coming out? We appreciate it. Uh, explicit.
1: Got, explicit. Yeah,
0: where the, the blank, 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 any blank are you? <laughs> yeah. Racial slur. Right. <laughs> but in all seriousness, yeah, life just gets in the way sometimes, so we've both been very busy, both personally and professionally, but hey, we're back, and it's not an April Fool's joke. Pinch yourself. Yeah. yeah. And everything else that we say might not be true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the April Fool's episode, so- Prepare yourselves. For all sorts of chaos. For our favorite movie review ever,
0: April Fools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, anyway. falls. yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's the first one. There's the first. First one. one's free. Yeah. But we're talking about Michael Mann's Manhunter Bye. today. <laughs> Released deal. August fifteenth, nineteen eighty-six. IMDb says it's worth a seven point two. Rotten Tomatoes ninety-four percent critics, seventy-seven percent audience. Wow. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. Budget was estimated at $15 million, opened at 2.2. That was good enough to be number eight for the opening weekend. It got stomped in its face by another man-eater of sorts, The Fly, the remake, which we've also done on the podcast, a fantastic film. And that number three in its fifth week at the box office, still number three, James Cameron's Aliens. And, wow, number six, Top Gun in its 14th week. Again, uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about how 1986... The uh, first half of it was really relatively slow, but then starting with the release of Top Gun in May, just a roller coaster every week, movie after movie after movie, hit after hit after hit. And this is no different, although Manhunter was not on the best of list for that year, <laughs> in my opinion, but more on that in just a second, as I said. Uh, domestically, it would growing on the gross $8.6 million, so it didn't even make its budget back. I couldn't find any info on Worldwide or Rentals, but as in typical fashion, usually it possibly broke even but so we'll just assume that based on what we've seen in the past yeah and actually I guarantee you it's probably broke it's made its money back now simply because this was in fact the first Hannibal Lecter film Mm. what 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 you didn't know that well allow me to enlighten you allow me to retort Uh, yeah but however let's get the who what when we're out of the way first directed by the great in my opinion Michael Mann Uh, such classic films to me as uh, Last of the Mohicans Heat uh, the Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx uh, film Collateral, one of my favorite films uh, also wrote this one he also wrote many episodes of the show Miami Vice as well as the movie which I like the movie uh, Was I mean uh, the show was great in its day but if you ever happen to watch an episode it doesn't quite hold up but it was very iconic of the time and he also wrote Heat, Ali and adapted Last of the Mohicans as well so Michael Mann's a fantastic writer and director he typically stays in the realm of Gritty crime drama for the most part. Mm-hmm. Of course, he has stepped out. Obviously, with Last of the Mohicans, which is probably his that and Heat are probably his two biggest movies. I would I would say. Uh, I mean, Last of the Mohicans when it came out was women loved it because of Daniel Day Lewis, men loved it because of the action, and it's just a kick-ass movie. But unfortunately, it's '92, so it's not going to be covered on the podcast. Yeah. But uh, lately, me and autumn, what I've done, uh, just it's been no, not until like when we stopped recording, I should say, when we had that. Mini vacation. It was kind of slow <laughs> at the box office a little bit. So, uh, obviously, we watched Manhunter and I was like, Yeah, she's like, well, Who directed this? Because it does look pretty. I'm like, Well, Michael Mann. She's like, "Oh, well, Who's that? Last Mohican see? She's like, I haven't seen any of those. I'm like, you know, you hear the record skip, somebody bumped the table. <laughs> like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to fix this immediately. So, we had a little Michael Mann kick and made sure she saw his hits. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a Michael Mann
1: fan for sure. But this isn't his. Uh, this isn't his best work. I wanted to uh, say it looks pretty, though. I always look to the cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Who this guy? Uh, well,
0: familiar name to yeah. the podcast, which actually tell him why. Well, he also did LA Confidential, Last the Mohicans. Uh, was it? Did he do? Uh, go all the way down to the eighties? Was he?
1: I might be mistaking his name. Okay, no. Um, in the eighties, for the most part, mm, I would say nothing. I mean. Nowadays, people would know him from—I uh, mean, hell—he's doing the new Ant-Man movie.
0: Yeah, in terms of recent stuff, I, th- I thought, okay, I'm mistaking his name with the guy—the cinematographer from Blade Runner.
1: Oh no! Because no. that was yeah, another like Italian. <laughs> so not I was, him. I was confused. This guy was just nominated for two Oscars. He's not one yet. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if you but look for... at his
0: work, uh, mainly on Michael Mann films. So Michael Mann yeah. uses him all the time. But also again, L.A. Confidential, X-Men, The Last Stand. <laughs> we'll forgive you for that, Dante. Well, his job wasn't to write it. So. <laughs> that, that, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Just has so You to make can't it look fault him for that. But uh, this was based on the book Red Dragon. Oh, that sounds familiar, you might be saying, by Thomas Harris. No relation to me, unfortunately. I don't get none of that Hannibal Lecter money All right, uh, from Cousin Tom. But yeah, uh, <laughs> this was remade in 2002 as the actual book title Red Dragon. Uh, there's a reason for that, which we'll get into in the trivia. But this starred William Peterson as Will Graham, I always find it funny when an actor plays—an actor's character, like, it matches his first name. Right. It's like on sitcoms where, you know, Roseanne, they keep it current, plays Roseanne Connor instead of Roseanne Barr. They always, like, they'll keep their first name but change their last name. Yeah. Like, why?
1: Jerry Seinfeld kept both.
0: Yeah. Like, that was like that's like an, uh, that's like an <laughs> oddity, though, like when you see, like, right. uh, when comedians do that or sitcoms do that. I don't, I don't understand the logic behind that, but, hey, I don't make sitcoms. A familiar name. I, I think guess. the
1: same reason they're rebooting something that's like, why are they rebooting this? Because someone will find it familiar and pay it for a ticket.
0: Or maybe like comedians aren't used to acting. So like, you got to call him by my name. You got to call my yeah. name. If you call me John, I'm Otherwise not going to answer. I'm just going
1: to stare at the wall because my brain's all over the place. Because that's how comedians think. Yeah. Mm, always thinking me. of the next joke.
0: <laughs> also starring uh, Joan Allen as Reba, not McIntyre. But uh, of course, Pleasantville, Face Off, and Room, not The Room, all right. uh, great actress. I really like her. Uh, Dennis Farina, everybody's favorite TV wannabe tough guy who took over hosting Rescue 911 from William Shatner uh, was uh, Jack Crawford, uh, the role that played oh, yeah. by Scott Glenn in Silence of the Lambs. But, of course, Get Shorty, Midnight Run, tons and tons of television. You've, never, you've seen Dennis Farina. For sure. Uh, I'd say he's a B-list mustache. He's not Celic A-list, <laughs> but he's got that... He's got that mustache. He's, he's able to get away with it without looking child molestery. <laughs> uh, uh, Tom Noonan as uh, Dollar Hyde, uh, RoboCop 2, which, quick aside on RoboCop 2, that is a very unfairly judged sequel. I watched it just the other night because Autumn had never seen it, and when I re- did my research for this, film, I was like, oh. Uh, and he also played uh, the Monster Squad. He was Frankenstein, by the way. Mm. That's the other big thing uh, that you would not recognize him from because you couldn't tell. Right. <laughs> Uh, from the makeup, but he wasn't that, and he's a veteran of the podcast. But RoboCop too is watching it just recently, especially with the way this country is right now, is a very prophetic movie. <laughs> uh, Detroit goes bankrupt and gets bought out by corporations, which is pretty much actually happening. Sure. Uh, RoboCop gets turned into a more PC version of himself because he's too violent, which is happening today. Yep. <laughs> also, I mean, it, it's. The, the original is untouchable. Amazing, amazing film. But RoboCop 2, honestly, if you haven't seen it in a long time, give it another watch. It's actually a lot better than you probably remember it. <laughs> uh, it it's much more uh, relevant today than it was in its time, which makes it, when it came out, ahead of its time. So, end aside on RoboCop 2. But he's also the, uh, the hatchet axe-throwing guy in Last Action Hero, that mm-hmm. villain, I forget what he was called in there. Ripper. Ripper. Yeah. Because, uh, of course... Uh, Tywin Lannister was the other villain with the glass eyes that he keep changing in Last Section Hero. Oh, it
1: was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's nice an under, That's an underrated Arnold film. Oh, I you watched know? the hell of that. Like, that was one of those v- few VHSs mm-hmm. I had. I remember seeing it at the theater and just
0: like, this is so awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see where it was. Uh, Stephen Lang, you might, you should recognize him. He was Lounge, but also Avatar 1 through 5, which just totally ruins the movie since he died in the first one. He's in flashbacks. all flashbacks maybe, but he was great in Avatar. He's a great actor, period, in my opinion. Uh, but also Tombstone, Don't Breathe, uh, flat- which I haven't seen, but I've heard that that's actually a really good horror
1: movie. The character he played in Avatar versus the character he played in Tombstone. <laughs> uh, I Polar clean. opposites. Yeah, <laughs> always running away.
0: <laughs> for sure, Man. for sure. And like he, he, he really wanted to play Cable. Like. Yeah. I see this all the time on Facebook. So-and-so really wants to be in a superhero movie. That's fine, but you got to you know, talk yeah. to your agent. But he would have been a fantastic Cable. Sure. Brolin, he's got Thanos. They should have let Stephen Lang do it. If you look at him in uh, Avatar, that's fucking Cable. Like he, <laughs> he, like he was badass in Avatar. Great villain. Great actor, period. Uh, Kim Greist was Molly Graham. She was also in Brazil, Throw Mama from the Train, and Homeward Bound, also known as The Incredible Journey. Uh, Chris Elliott, comedian Chris Elliott, uh, was Zeller. Also, of course, Cabin Boy, Groundhog Day. Veteran of the podcast with The Abyss. uh, Almost done. Frankie Faison was Lieutenant Fisk. And strangely enough, he was also in Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Red Dragon. But you'd recognize him from those, not as the character he played in this, but as Barney, the uh, prison guard slash caretaker of Dr. Lecter in those. And speaking of Dr. Lecter, uh, in this film... The only time cinematically it was not performed by Sir Anthony Hopkins, Brian Cox. In case you mm-hmm. didn't know, that was the original Hannibal Lecter. And in this film, also it's spelled L-E-C-K-T-O-R instead of the traditional L-E-C-T-O-R. T-O-R, yeah. yeah. Uh, for some bizarre reason, they changed it for the movie, which it's never like made apparent in the movie. I like, guess is how it's spelled. But uh, yeah, so. This was the first time I ever saw this movie. Always heard about it. I've seen the clip of Brian Cox's performance of Lecter because it's only a few minutes of screen time before. Uh, But I never saw this movie until recently. Perfectly honest because I don't like William Patterson. I hate his face. I just don't like William Patterson at all (laughs) as an actor. Uh, Peterson? Yeah, Peterson. Sorry.
1: Okay. I was like, who is this person you're yeah. talking about? But yeah. yeah,
0: look at that. I just wanna, he looks like Will Wheaton grown up. Like he could be Will Wheaton's dad. I just want to punch him. No offense, William Peterson. Patterson. Peterson. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's gonna happen I hate I'm, your a, face a, and I hate your name. A whole bunch of times. And honestly, he's it's not that he's a bad actor per just se. A, not the it's just leading man. He's yeah, he's great. Like he's he's better as that side role, mm-hmm. not as the lead role. I just don't he just can't care. He's he doesn't work in this film for me. And that's just me. Obviously, he was great in CSI because that ran for forever and still on, and spawned 15 different. You know, every capital city in the country used a different version of it. (laughs) So yeah, I know he has his. What the hell is that? (laughs) I I didn't even realize that was him in Young Guns too. Wow.
1: Did you want to punch his face in Young Guns? Even more
0: with that mustache. That's.
1: (laughs) Them sideburns. Yeah,
0: cool. I'm just not a William Peterson fan. Sorry, William. Just doesn't do it for me.
1: Oh, look at that. He he, had two looks in Young Guns. Oh, Young Guns. Oh, the same movie, Young Guns Two. I haven't seen Two in forever,
0: although but, uh, that is the better one.
1: Yeah, he shaves his uh, sideburns in the same movie. <laughs>
0: what a <laughs> I choice! I don't remember him in that though at all, which is good. Which is probably I probably liked a minute. then since I don't remember him being in it, but usually he'll show up and so I'm like, oh god, this guy. That's but yeah, smart. so now again, he his acting isn't bad. It's just his I don't know. It's just something about him. He's not the he's not that package like when like when uh with a Hugh Jackman or a Tom Hanks or you know just a, a character that really fits the role when in anything and whenever they do a chameleon of sorts don't care for him <laughs> and as a whole i like most of michael mann's films but this one was just meh just now i will say this, it for 1986 looking at it when it came out in terms of structure how it was laid out, how it adapted the book. I didn't. I haven't read the book. I've, I've read *Silence of the Lambs* and, and uh, *Hannibal*, but that's it. *Hannibal* was so disappointing. What they did with the characters, I just. I don't need to read anything else. But hmm. anyway, uh, the movie is. It's
1: uh, huh? <laughs> that comes out of nowhere until you realize that it's a dream, and it's how he's. I'm looking at a picture of the, uh, on IMDb. Uh, this lady's eyes are just white out, and the mouth is just white out. Yeah, and it's he's. <laughs> I mean, it's '80s effects. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it looks cheap, but it's 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 how he's like seeing the crime scene and like analyzing it, which that like that aspect of the film and both in the remake as well, which we'll touch on briefly at the end. It it works for this time. Again, this is '86. This isn't today. Uh, it it's it looks pretty. It's just the pace is. The thing that's really awesome about this film, as opposed to the remake, is that the attention given on the actual, much like Silence of the Lambs did many years later, the actual, like, this is what we're doing to solve this case, like step by step by step, this clue, following up on this clue, where this clue le- led, et cetera, et cetera. Those parts are fantastic in this film. Uh, when they're in the room, like, uh, trying to put together this clue uh, uh, from a. a one, uh, a personal ad in the paper, great scene in this film. Sucks in the new one in the in the remake. But this scene in this one, like because you're waiting, like, is this gonna pan out? They're like oh, okay. and like, oh, that doesn't work. But wait, what about this? So you're constantly like it's like you're in the room, which is typical of Michael Mann's films. It, it's very much like you're there, like the shootout and heat. It's like you're ducking behind the cars and like, you know, you wanna flinch when the bullets are going off and like, oh shit, oh shit. Uh, his style of filmmaking. It fits this genre. Mm-hmm. Like no disrespect to Silence of the Lambs, but how, how it, that, another what if, like if Michael Mann had done Silence of the Lambs, how interesting that would have been. I mean, of course, Jonathan Demi rest, rest in peace, won the Oscar for it. Not Again, not discounting that, but Michael Mann's style of, really fits this series, which just is the first, again, this is the first in the series of the Hannibal Lecter films. And, uh, you know, I mean, of course, Silence of the Lambs is untouchable. You, can't touch, you cannot touch that film in terms of, the Hannibal Lecter series, although I've heard Hannibal, the, the television series, is actually really, really good, but that's apples and oranges, uh, TV to movies, when you have you know, 12, 24 episodes to tell a story as opposed to you know, two hours. But anyway, yeah. that's kind of getting off track a little bit. But this film, it is good. It's just, it's not the entire package that Silence of the Lambs is. Silence of the Lambs, you have, in both of these, you have a fantastic director. In Silence of the Lambs, you have, every single role, perfect. Right. Like, there's, there's not a wink, weak wink, wink, a weak link in the cast of Silence of the Lambs, as evident that they won Best Actor, Best Actress. I mean,
1: it swept the awards. Excuse me. Five Oscars.
0: Yeah, the, the, the top five. Picture, director, actor, yeah. actress. And did he get a writing one, too? or? Yeah, Best Writing. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's not a trifecta, uh, not a quad... Uh, quint. Quintfecta? I don't know. And what even was.
1: nominated for best sound and best editing.
0: Yeah, which the editing, I mean, cuz uh, after watching Manhunter, I, we watched Red Dragon, cuz I'd never seen that one either cuz Brett Ratner directed it and fucked that douchebag, which I always knew he was a douchebag and ever now everybody knows he's a douchebag. Uh, <laughs> but we also re- Secrets out. But we also we re- watched Silence of the Lambs and it's just the editing in that film is so perfect. Because having not never the first time you watch that film when they ring the doorbell, where you think it's jamie gum slash buffalo bill's house and the editing is you know ding dong and he goes up he knows that somebody's out there he goes up he opens the door and it's clarice and not the swat team
1: Hmm.
0: perfect perfect like the tint like that's why Silence of lambs is so good you have everybody has their a-game in that film it's just amazing right that's what's lacking in this film you have great directing you have great editing The ancillary cast is really good because, but again, it's, it's all, it's on, when it gets to the ensemble parts, like when they're actually doing detective work and putting the pieces together, it's great. Because people are saying, you know, because you're following everything everybody's saying and you're, you're, you're getting the information as it's happening until they reveal, until they show you the killer, which isn't until like movies like two hours long. And I think it might be like 30, 45 minutes in before you even see the Tooth Fairy, which is the killer in this one. You know, you got the Tooth Fairy, you got Buffalo Bill, and then you got... Well, I can't remember if they actually called him the Tooth Fairy and Red Dragon or if he was... They didn't even give him a moniker. Anyway, forgettable movie on that regard. <laughs> uh, Manhunter is better. Uh, there are, however, I will say this about Red Dragon. Or might as well just compare him now. Red Dragon starts with a scene from the... Well, part of the book that's never shown, which is Jack Crawford... Not Jack Crawford. Uh, what's his name? Will Graham, William Peterson's character in this one and Ed Norton's character in the first one. Like, he knew Lecter. And he's a sort of... He retired from... The uh, FBR, wherever he was working, the police force, whatever it was, I don't remember. Uh, but he retired after he figured out Lecter. He basically put Lecter away the first time, and he he almost died because Lecter stabbed him. And then he caught Lecter like in the confrontation. They show that in Red Dragon. Different from the book, however, it's it's still a cool thing to see that. That's the worth of Red Dragon is to watch it. It's it is always worthwhile to watch Anthony Hopkins portray that character because. That that is a man acting like that is true acting like he doesn't blink, he mimics certain animals the way he talks, the way he does things like he researched he put so much work in that character and it shows every single time he's on screen even in Red Dragon with horrible direction.
1: There's a reason why people talk about Silence of the Lambs and they're not talking about Manhunter exactly. <laughs> when it comes to that character. Exactly,
0: and that and also Brian Cox speaking of that character as Lecter, he is creepy and unsettling in Manhunter. Like mm-hmm. he, like he did, he did that character justice before Hopkins. But let's not beat around the bush. Hopkins came along and said, "You know, all right, Brian, thank you. This is how it. This is how this character needs to be."
1: Heath Ledger versus Jack Nicholson.
0: We'll see. That that's up for debate, because sure. I mean, I like Jack Nicholson's Joker a lot. Right. Uh, again, not discounting again the situation.
1: He, yeah, he was starting something. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to take away from the comics or anything, but starting something on film. Yeah. That then instantly, you know, which
0: I hate. I hate when the comics change for the movies. Oh, let's for the movies. Yeah, like oh, this was in the movie, so oh, all oh, now all of a sudden this character's costume. This is what people be. are familiar with. Yeah, instead yeah. of keep the comics, the fucking comics. Yeah, that's, that's that's why it's called the Marvel Cinematic Universe because this these are the movies. Here's but even they're homages. breaking that
1: rule. I mean, they're trying to make their people look like the MCU. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know. Th- I like, it's just like a book. Like, you know, for example, Ready Player One just came out,
0: review coming in the Back to the Future segment.
1: <laughs> and, you
0: know, again, Autumn read the book. So we're sitting there, and like, we go in, I'm like, Autumn, I know you read the book. You don't have to tell me what's different. We will have a great conversation <laughs> on the way home about what was different. And again, she's telling me what's different. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But as she's describing to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, that wouldn't work in this film. Right. And there's, you know, there's a, a reason it's a film. Yeah. And there's a reason why things work in comic books and they don't work in movies and vice versa.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you, you uh and that's a we'd talk about that before. But yeah, uh but of course the Han- all these movies are based on books, except like Hannibal Rising, I think I don't think that was a book, which that one mm. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that was the I'd rather watch Red Dragon twice than that one again. Even though it had the lovely uh what's her name? Oh the Asian actress. I can't think of her name now. But she was in
1: it, she's really hot. Hannibal Rising. Um one what's of these people. Uh, that's, I'll tell you uh, Lee Gong Li Gong. Very beautiful uh Chinese actress.
0: It in a lot of Asian films, uh, Chinese films. And speaking of Michael Mann, was in Miami Vice. Mm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Manhunter, if you haven't seen it, and you've seen Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, even if you've seen Red Dragon, it's worth watching, especially if you've seen Red Dragon, just seeing the differences. This, it's a great example of one adaptation. How one, how, it's, a great, it's a great example of how much a director matters, as well as script. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good example of everything. You have two adaptations of the exact same book. And two very different end products. And when when Manhunter is done very well, it is a crime drama, whereas Brett Ratner directed Red Dragon as a Hannibal Lecter film. Mm -hmm. Like, and not to where like he made Hannibal Lecter the main villain because he's not. But it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do what you know. There's all these. He copied all these shots from Silence of the Lambs because he's a fucking hack, and I hate Brett Ratner, (laughs) and I'm glad his career's over. He never deserved to direct anything. But anyway. Yeah, if you, haven't, if you haven't seen Manhunter, I recommend it on that regard. It's not, it's not the best in the series by far. It doesn't necessarily hold a candle to Silence of the Lambs. But again, we're talking 1986, not 1990, whatever, whenever Silence came out. Uh, for its time, Manhunter, I would say, was ahead of its time in terms of how it made this movie at that point in the world of film. Because again, this is 1986. You're a Top Gun, Aliens, all the big hits we mentioned before. Uh, and this is a very unique film in that time in that time frame of cin- uh, cinema, to be perfectly honest so uh, definitely worth checking out. It's worth seeing Brian Cox's performance hmm. and you know again, just the way the way they handle the detective work is so good. you're just like I, I was thoroughly invested in those scenes so well done and also it's 1986 I so don't have the internet so when they're looking stuff up, I think that's a Bible verse dude runs out you know in like they're in a room, a conference room, where they have to, like, where they have the current, every all the day's papers to pull, yeah. like, to cross-reference stuff. They have encyclopedias. They have a Bible. He has to run over, grab the Bible That's off the mode. shelf. hard <laughs> mode. And, like, you know, they're putting the pieces together, like, different versions of the Bible and everything, and it's just, it's really good the way it's done. So if you're a fan of this, the Silence of the Lamb series, or if you're a fan of the Hannibal Lecter series, I guess a better way to put it, it's, it's this worthy canon of that, and I would say, although you don't have Hopkins' performance in it, Brian Cox does very well uh, and this is better If you're watching Like that series It's better You know You watch this Then Silence Then Hannibal And then you're done Yeah uh, You don't
1: need to see Any of the other ones That guy's got range Yeah Super Troopers
0: <laughs> Can't wait for part two yeah, yeah. He's like He's, he's like the uh, Scottish I think he's Scottish Go up Did it say Scotland I'm pretty sure he's Yeah Scottish uh, he's like the Scottish Kurt Russell. He can do comedy, amazing, like to where you're rolling, busting a gut, and then he could he could scare the shit out of you with Hannibal Lecter. Or, Does he actually have a Scottish accent? I'm, I don't know if I've ever heard his real voice because he, he's
1: always he was born in Scotland. But here's uh, some footage of him talking so about it's, Hannibal Lecter. It was
0: kind of odd. And my agent rang me up. My English agent was my, our English agent, a guy called Jeremy Common. He, he rang me. A little me bit. And he yeah. Said, oh, Brian. He said, I've... Uh, well, I also, he did a lot of stage work in England. So he, he, he probably lost a bit of the Scottish, got a little more English. But he's right. always... I mean, he's in Adaptation. He's playing a famous uh, screenwriter. I forget his name. Wrote the book. Oh, goddamn.
1: Adaptation? Uh, uh, Robert McKee? Yeah. Which yeah. is
0: a real person. Uh, and my brother went to a seminar where, where, about screenwriting for Robert McKee, much like in the film adaptation, he said Brian Cox na- like was Robert McKee in that
1: film. <laughs> like, Which, why is Brian why is Brian Cox on stage?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just does it. He, yeah, they pay yeah. each other off like, I can't make it. Can you go do this? Uh,
1: wow. But
0: yeah, Brian Cox, phenomenal actor. But yeah, anyway, uh, so it is recommended for sure. Uh, Jesse, I don't suppose you've seen it. I have not. Have you, I mean, you've seen Silence. You, have you seen Hannibal
1: or any of the others? It's been a long time since I've seen any of those in the series. Did you but, see um, Hannibal Rising or Red Dragon? or? Nope. Never even watched the NBC show. Don't you...
0: Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm interested in it simply because I've heard it's so good. Right. And uh, Mills Mikkelsen, the villain from Doctor Strange, uh, mm-hmm. a Swedish actor, I believe, uh, he's Hannibal in that. And like, when I saw that casting, I was like, okay, that dude's cre- like that. He's a good actor. Right. He's been a villain. He's always a great villain. Mads. That's it. I forgot what I said. But Mads. That's it. Yeah. Phen- phenomenal actor. Uh, like I could see him. Like that is a good call to take on that role of Hannibal. So and I think it's all on Hulu or something. It's uh um, the seasons are on one of those streaming services. Yeah, I
1: mean, so, according uh, to IMDb, you can watch it now with Prime Video, just like you can Manhunter.
0: There you go. And uh, actually, only three seasons. So yeah, well, that, click on season one. I just want to curious how many episodes it is.
1: Yeah, it, it only from 2013 to 2015. Because
0: I want to say you know, news came out it got canceled, but then it. Uh, oh, they don't. They don't have Thirteen the episodes. That's not bad. I might actually
1: start watching that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd hate to start a series that doesn't end, though, unless they did end it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to say, like, they didn't think it was going to come back for season two, but then, like, it got such a push in the ratings when they heard it was being canceled that they did another season or something like that. Mm. Oh, there it is at the top, 39 episodes. Yeah. Not a bad investment. But anyway, uh, some of the trivia real quick. Uh, During the filming of this movie, again, August fifteenth, 1986, Anthony Hopkins was playing King Lear at the National Theater. During the filming of Silence of the Lambs in 91... Brian Cox was playing King Lear at the National Theater. An odd little bit of synchronicity there. Following in footsteps. (laughs) But who was following in who?
1: Exactly. They're following each other's
0: not knowing it. Yep. And here's the reason this film is called Manhunter in Comic Sans Fawn on the poster. Uh, The film was originally going to be entitled Red Dragon, which is, again, the same name as the novel. However, the year before, a film called Year of the Dragon became a box office failure, so producer Dino De Laurentiis decided to avoid a dragon quote-unquote word in the title
1: yeah because that was a huge yeah. hit
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you don't remember year of the dragon
1: year Jeez. of the dragon mickey, mickey Rourke. Rourke. <laughs> 6.9
0: uh, that's not a bad rating on imdb oh michael Semino, he did a uh, deer hunter
1: that's gonna be episode 210 or something <laughs>
0: it, might, <laughs> it just might be uh, now that I know Samino directed it and it stars Mickey Rourke, I'm interested. I have no clue what it's about, but we'll, might, we'll see where that goes. Uh, the production cannot get permission to film on board a commercial airplane, so Michael Mann booked his actors and crew onto a tw- uh, Twilight, which we would call Red Eye flight these days, from mm-hmm. Chicago to Florida, where the production was relocating anyway. A stripped down camera, lighting, and sound equipment were taken on board as carry on luggage, and they bribed the pilots and flight attendants with gifts of film crew jackets. <laughs> And it's a short scene. They're just like you know he's looking out of the window. So they actually shot that on a commercial flight because they cool. couldn't do the budget. That's huh. that, and that's another reason to love Michael Mann. He'll he'll get he'll he'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, the scenes where Will Graham is interviewing Lecter in the cell, uh, if you and I I read this as I was actually getting to the scene in the film. Uh, if you watch it, the uh, the the shots are set up so that the position of the bars as it's going from Lecter's shot to Will Graham shot. The bars do not move. So even when the shot is reversed, and you, you put your hand on the TV, and then when it goes, oh. the, the bars are still there. The bars never change. It's like they're almost that's a static interesting. thing. Again, that's, that's, I mean, that's, 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 th- that's good directing.
1: Yeah, and also in the editing, they had to make sure that was a possibility. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, let's see. The scene where Reber touches a sedated tiger, features a real sedated tiger, and the veterinarian in that scene is a real veterinarian. So you can tell, that's not really not that big of a piece of trivia because it's blatantly a live tiger laying there. (laughs) Uh, I think in Red Dragon it was CG or, like, uh, I want to say me and Autumn laughed at that part in Red Dragon because I don't think it was good. I think it was blatantly, like, obvious that it wasn't there. Uh, Anyway, uh, Brian Cox said in the DVD interview that he based his portrayal of Dr. Lecter on Scottish serial killer Peter, Peter Manuel uh, he killed about anywhere between seven to fifteen victims, uh, according to Cox. The uh, <laughs> the following actors were considered for, other actors considered for the role of Hannibal at this time were Brian Dennehy, bleh, Bruce Stern, neh, nah, John Lithgow. He's a great villain mm-hmm. when he gets the opportunity, Dexter. and Mandy Patinkin. Again, I've never seen that show, but I've always heard he's great in it. But my point of reference for Lithgow yeah. as a villain is Cliffhanger. Wow oh. because you go from watching Harry and the Hendersons at my age, you know, back in the day, and then early 90s cliffhanger comes out and oh it's the holy shit he's evil as fuck he was like cliffhanger is an underrated it's long movie too you often forgotten but it's a great action movie and lithgow is so good in it such a great villain and it's got michael rooker in it too before he became famous i mean he was famous but you know what i mean before right, he was right. he was
1: before he got his hand before walking
0: off. dead and uh yondu so, yeah, uh, and curiously enough, Michael Mann had initially considered fellow filmmaker William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist, for the part of Hannibal Lecter. Uh, but when Dennehy, Brian Dennehy, a prospective collector, insisted that Mann see uh, Brian Cox in the acclaimed 1984 off-Broadway production of Rat in the Skull, uh, Mann Love instantly, instantly wanted Cox for the role of Hannibal Lecter. Uh, and actually, Cox won an award for that, uh, Rat in the Skull, whatever that is. Never heard of that play. Uh, but anyway, his, all of his scenes as well were shot in just three days. So they knocked that out real quick. Uh, Tom Noonan, who played Dollar High, and of course, Frankenstein in uh, Monster Squad, spent many hours of makeup so that the artist could paint fake tattoos on his back and torso, which was modeled after William Blake's The Great Red Dragon paintings, which that's another reason in Red Dragon it, that the name Red Dragon is so relevant because of that painting. Mm-hmm. And that's really driven home in Red Dragon, which is a different, you know, that part was cool because that's not even really a character trait of Manhunter. So that was a that, and obviously that was obviously more closer to the book in Red Dragon, uh. And also from what I've heard, Red Dragon is much closer to the book for the people that like to, whoa, what do you mean you people? Yeah, you people that like to read a book and then no matter how good the movie is, the book was better. Mm. Sure, go read Jaws and then tell me that shit. You know some people like that. Yeah, I know two of them, and I'm married to one of them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> let me see. Uh, but anyway, they after they saw the tattoos on, uh, Tom Noonan. Michael Mann didn't like them. They were too over the top and completely discarded the idea, which again worked out well because they didn't name the film red dragon anyway. So he didn't need that tattoo on his back. Uh, let's see. David Lynch was actually considered to direct, which would have been really interesting. Really, really would like to see that version of this as well as Michael Mann's version of signs of the lambs in an alternate reality. Uh, however, he ended up having a major effect on the future interpretation of the Hannibal electric character. Hopkins said that Jonathan Demme was inspired to cast Hopkins as Lecter after seeing his performance in The Elephant Man, which was directed by David Lynch. Hmm. Which is also, uh, Hopkins was playing a doctor trying to save a horribly disfigured man's life and make his life easier in Elephant Man and then goes to play one of the greatest cinematic villains of all time, bar none. And, and And I would stand by that statement. I mean, of course, I love horror movies. You know, you got your Freddy, you got your Jason... You got your jigsaw, even though I don't care for those films. But Lecter in, you know, an, in an Academy Award-winning winning role, and if you add up his screen time in silence, it's not even that much. Right. Create, in, in that short amount of time, made such an iconic character. Granted, it's a horrible, horrible serial killer, but I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to get killed by a cinematic villain, at least Hannibal Lecter will educate you about <laughs> the finer things in life before he does whatever he's going to do to you. So, it's yeah. not a necessarily a bad way to go as opposed to a horrible way of being murdered by Freddie or Jason or Jigsaw or any of the, or Chucky or any of those people. It's within the realm of reality. Yes. As, and that's, that's what makes it, that's what gives it also that creepier vibe is that, okay, this person could be real. Right. This is not a person wearing a mask that's unkillable. Right. And, and, and again, we, I, we, you know, I'm just recently rewatched Silence again. The, the whole escape sequence is one of the most well done. Sequences of any thrill, you know. Most, Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie. I mean, I would consider it horror. You know, it, it gets characterized as thriller, which I, yes, I mean it is. But I mean, let's be honest. Hannibal Lecter, he is a serial killer. He is, he is a cinematic serial killer. And you know, shape, of course, Shape of Water. Congratulations, winning Best Picture. Uh, you know, oh, it's a horror movie that won Best Picture. Yeah, it's, and it's great. They're, that's rare. But I would say Silence of the Lambs, you know, is won that honor as well. But again, most people don't tend to characterize it as that. Yeah. Go, crime drama thriller. But yeah. if, you know, if this was in the horror section, I would not say, Oh, let me pick this up and move this. I think it, <laughs> it's at, just, I mean, there's so many elements of that yeah. that are in there, but that's another discussion. Uh, anyway, uh, a then unknown Ted Levine came to the rap party to visit William Peterson, an old friend of his, uh, in the Chicago theater scene. And he met Michael Mann there, which led to an audition and his subsequent casting on man's crime story in 86. Five years later, Levine would have his breakout performance as Jamie Gum and Buff- as Buffalo Bill in *Silence of the Lambs*. So it's weird the synchronicity of the of the actor, like from *Manhunter* to *Silence of the Lambs*. And a little quick, a very interesting tidbit of the trivia behind *Silence of the Lambs*. And while we're talking about Ted Levine, uh, Buffalo Bill's home was actually filmed in Ted Levine's hometown, where he grew up and spent most of his a lot of his teenage years. And the house that they shot as his. Was one of his old girlfriend's actual houses,
1: hmm. which is it's like I remember oh, the things I didn't hear. Yeah, here. like uh, huh, huh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> if they only knew. Uh, and in shooting the final confrontation between Dollarhide and Graham, Tom Noonan had to lay in a, lie in a pool of stage blood for several hours as they worked on other shots, as most actors didn't to have to do sometimes. After all this time, the stage blood dried into a thick cement-like adhesive that practically fused him to the carpet, and they had to like basically break him out of it when they were done shooting. So.
1: oh man. The
0: things that I mean—that's commonplace when you hear all sure. movies, you know. Yeah, we, did, we've I, shot with blood. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't leave my actors covered in it for too long. Yeah, I mean, so it didn't. But it was definitely on a cold night. Half naked. Half naked, and yeah, that shit that stuff gets cold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and
0: this happens all the time. Most recently, with Tom Cruise in the new Mission Impossible, broke
1: his ankle or something. Right. You know, right. I mean, that—that
0: that, you know, that's the same ballpark, same sport, not same ballpark. I mean, sure. You know, things I mean, like that, that could on set all the Anywhere, time. Yeah. Yeah, so, but anyway, score-wise, again, Manhunter, it's not—I don't think it's great, but it's got a lot of good things for it. And again, looking at it, looking at it then, fantastic. Looking at it now, yeah, it's all right. So weighing, you know, how how ahead of its time it was in '86 as to oppose how it is now, I would want to give it a six, but I want to give it a seven because, again, this is a 1986 film that, in all honesty, aside from the fact that I guess uh, maybe if I watched it on a Blu-ray or a remastered version where they mm-hmm. you know maybe made sure the negative was correct, color corrected or whatever, it probably would look like it was shot yesterday. It, it still looks good. And I, I think yeah. that's the testament of Michael. Also, Michael Mann's, st- Michael Mann's style lends itself to that little more realism in terms of shooting. There's, you know, But it's shot well. It's, you don't need the big dramatic pan over uh, when it pulls up to Dollar Hyde's mansion. It's just simple. This, you're seeing what people see. Yeah. Excuse me. That makes gives it that realistic aspect. So, definitely, definitely worth checking out. Uh, better than, yeah, it's it's probably the second best Hannibal movie. Ooh, I'll say that. Now, Hannibal, speaking like the movie Hannibal. Maybe if they got Jodie Foster back. Uh, I mean, Hannibal Hannibal isn't a bad movie, but I just really, I think it's such a jump what they did with the characters to me. It just, you know, it's well it's well directed. You got Ridley Scott. You got Anthony Hopkins back. You have Julianne Moore, who is a poor substitute for Jodie Hopkins in this role. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't dislike Julianne Moore, but I mean, you're, you're following up with an Academy Award-winning performance, and it's, it just wasn't worth it. Uh, Gary Oldman as Mason Verger in an amazing makeup job. Completely. If they didn't tell you who played that character, I don't think I'd be able to tell it was Gary Oldman, period. The, the makeup that he's under in that. Probably just in his voice, if you listen close enough, when he's like, Cordell. That's my very old man <laughs> Mason Verger impression. Cordell. Cordell, what are you, Cordell? But yeah, uh, I would say Manhunter, it's. Yeah, I mean, Hannibal is a, a sequel, so you're getting more of the character, which is great. But Manhunter, in terms of just a film itself, I think is better than Hannibal. Hannibal, you watch for Hopkins. Manhunter you watch for the characters in that universe, I would say.
1: Yeah, they just wanted to give him a bigger role in Hannibal. Well, I mean,
0: again, Hannibal, the book came out so many years, I mean, after the success of Silence of the Lambs. Right. Because when it came out, when the book came out, it was such a huge deal, like the sequel to Silence of the Lambs. You know, and uh, in the end of the book, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book, because the book threw me for a loop, because in the end, Clarice and Lecter go off together romantically. Hmm. Basically, like, she, like, yeah, you're right, Dr. Lecter. She's like, oh, let's just go off and like just okay that doesn't make any sense but whatever so the movie obviously changes that but uh you know i mean you got it's a Science of the lambs was like nobody thought it would be what it was like i don't nobody i wouldn't imagine anybody did nobody thought it was going to win the top five oscars and be and be a cinematic masterpiece with you know an indelible character in cinematic history thrown there as well nobody thought that they're just like, oh, okay, yeah, we got the rights to this book. It's a bestseller. Let's make it. Let's get this young director to do it. Uh, oh, we got Jodie Foster. She's interested. And your cat, Anthony Hopkins? Okay, well, you know, we'll go with it. And then poof, all yeah. the right pieces. You never know. At the yeah. right
1: time. We're all there. A whole lot of luck. Mm-hmm. And skill. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's every movie. Yeah. They always talk about that. Everyone's surprised. No one's like, yeah, of course it was a hit. Yeah, we totally <laughs> meant for this to happen. Right. Every time yeah. they mean that, it... Uh... Yeah, for example... What I'm forecasting, this is my prediction
0: solo. Oh, yeah, it's a Star Wars movie. We're gonna make a shit ton of money. It's not gonna make a lot of money. It's not, it's not gonna make. It's not gonna make as much as they think it's gonna make. That's my prediction. This is gonna be the first Star Wars movie
1: that. Okay, maybe we shouldn't have done that. A young concert. off a little. I think so. I, I think it's still on the up. Um, I think. I mean, same with Marvel movies. They're still going up, and they're have like, 31 hours worth of movies. Yeah. Now. Uh, I think after Infinity War, yes, that's it'll when it started to yeah, drop. Yeah, that's that because th- because of what comes with Infinity War. Yeah,
0: we know what we. This is what we've been working for since day one. Right. We always knew that it was coming down to the Avengers fighting Thanos. You know, the, the big culmination. Yeah. So, but after that, I want to see Ant Man and the Walls because I loved Ant Man. I thought it was a, it was yeah. a fun movie. I want to see Captain Marvel because I love Brie Larson. I like Captain Marvel. Do I really want to see like I don't know what, I don't even know what else, I can't remember what else is beyond that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not excited. I'm excited for Infinity War. I'm not too terribly excited for what comes next. Yeah. So, I agree with you there. But in the real world, again, this came out August 15th, 1986, uh, right about two weeks before on August 2nd, the first film produced by Studio Ghibli, Castle in the Sky, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, Miyazaki, excuse me, is released in Japan, and that's another one that uh, Autumn's never seen any Studio Ghibli films, so I've been starting to, when we have time, as we catch up on other things, TV shows and whatnot... Uh, we watched that the other night and got her to admit, like, oh, yeah, that was, that was actually really good. Hmm. Not my favorite Studio Ghibli film, but nevertheless, a beautiful,
1: beautiful film. Check out those English voices.
0: Oh, yeah. Instantly recognized Hamill, but then, like, Cloris Leachman, she's, yeah. you can tell and trick her out of a crowd. Had no clue it was
1: Pacquan and Vanderbeek. <laughs> Andy Dix in the mix. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, God. Mandy Patinkin. Didn't even know that. Yeah.
0: But you can, you can, the second Chlor, you hear Chloris Leachman, which are like, oh, that's Chloris Leachman. <laughs> and you hear Hamill, and you're like, that sounds like Mark Hamill. Sure enough. <laughs> sure enough, it is. And now, the Back to the Future segment, where we got a lot of stuff to catch up on.
1: Yeah, the future is full of content. <laughs> Let's see. Let me pull up my Facebook
0: and see all the films that I've watched recently, because there's so, so. many. Uh, most recently, uh, as of just a couple days ago, Ready Player One came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't suppose you've seen it yet. I have not. I uh, will not spoil anything, but but we do plan on hot us. damn, go see it. It's I didn't read the book, but it's great. Right, I thoroughly. This is the film that I've been waiting Spielberg to go type. This is the type of film that I've been waiting for Spielberg to make for years. You know, this is the, it's the type of film I hoped he was going to make with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, in terms of like that Spielberg magic. Not again, the post was good. You know, I mean, uh, didn't care for War
1: Horse. I'm thinking what else he's done recently. Uh, Uh, You mentioned uh, Indiana Jones, did you hear he announced the date of filming for part five? Yeah, all I can hope is that they listen to
0: the bad stuff they heard about King of the Crystal Skull and make make up for it.
1: It starts filming in a year. I mean, that's pretty far That's still a long way off. April, what, 2019? Yeah, a little over a year. Yeah. That's not an April Fool's. (laughs) Wait, I forgot about that. I need to be throwing... I forgot... Shit. <laughs> but like Marion's supposed to come back and Shia LaBeouf will not be coming back. Yes, thank God. That was so pointless. The best part of that
0: was in the end where he goes to take the hat and I'm like, God, no, don't let him put the hat on. And in the end, and Harris was like, not yet, kid. I'm like, oh, at least thank you for that moment. I'm like, thank you. But anyway, uh, Ready Player One, highest possible recommendation. Uh, it's like the battle scenes are like a Where's Waldo of nostalgia. It is, it's fantastic. But again, it is... Like one of those classic Spielberg films from the '80s and '90s, it, like his like his kids' movies, like uh, of course I think he just produced the Goonies, but you know produced Back to the Future, but uh, it really captures it doesn't nostalgia good mm. in terms respectfully I should say uh, it doesn't it's there, but like Autumn was like oh there's the Batmobile oh there's that. That's the guy from Mortal Kombat. Meanwhile, I'm like, there's so and so, there's so and so. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it's not like it's it's not a cash in of that nostalgia. It's done to where, like, if you know what that's from,
1: yeah, you're like, you
0: yes, it. like it does a good job for it. Uh it does a good job with what it's doing. And it's it's well acted. The score's great.
1: That's a classic movie poster.
0: Yeah. It's like something you'd see walking out of a movie in the '80s when they used to All have right. movie posters, coming attractions in the theater. Like, it's in, like
1: looks painted. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Very Drew Struzanny looking. But uh, actually, my only complaint is TJ Miller's a voice in it, and I just don't like TJ Miller <laughs> because of recent things. And he's he's great in Dead. I love him in Deadpool. Right. But he's he's always he's always that he's always like okay, that's not that's a horrible imitation. You're talking
1: about the accusations. Oh. And stuff. I just don't like him. Oh, okay. I just don't He's denying the accusations Yeah uh,
0: I just don't find him He's gr- like He's good in those little roles Like in Deadpool uh, I just don't like he's, he, he's like Jonah Hill He's the sa- Everything he's in
1: Oh for sure he's, yeah.
0: It's the same he, They hired him to be himself I don't see him changing that I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it at all At all They hire him for that
1: I think Exactly <laughs> that, That's
0: why he's getting these, these he's, he's getting hired to do that In my opinion Just not a fan, but a fantastic film. Uh, Go see it, 110% at the theater. Uh, Let me see. Talked about yeah. Talked about RoboCop. To what else has come out recently Uh, in terms of playing? Finished South Park. Fantastic. (laughs) Loved the it the last few hours. like that's when it really like picked up. Yeah. Like just oh shit! I can't believe we're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Not in the way that I can't believe we're shrunk having. Having a battle while my parents have sex above us from the first game, or crawling up an anus, right? But just like, oh god, this is great! Like,
1: yeah, what's happening in the story
0: itself? Yeah, it it it's really good. Again, not as good as the first, but nevertheless, it's a better game. Yes, the gameplay and everything else was much much better. I love when you try to go to Canada. Yeah, (laughs) and because of the show, right? The uh, Garrison's Wall,
1: (laughs) slight spoiler, leaves it open for uh, you know expansion or
0: whatever. Uh, Oh, uh, Jumanji, saw that. Loved it. Fantastic. I saw it, too. Uh, really? I, I really... I, I was lukewarm on it.
1: Really? Yeah. Uh, that was just okay.
0: Because, now, now I, ex- I went into it expecting, like, well, it, beat Star, it was the first one that beat Star Wars. There's a lot of hype about it. I'm not the biggest Kevin Hart fan. Uh, but, I, I, I may, again, I think it was one of those I went in with, maybe because I went in expecting it to be pretty cheesy... That it, it was good enough to where it won me over. But I, and speaking of like 80s type films, I, the, it had that 80s classic kids' film sort of structure to it. A little bit of raunchiness, the kids, you know, doing something that, oh, as a kid, that we always, like, we thought, oh, if we can go into Mortal Kombat and be, who would you be? I'd be Sub Zero. I'd be Scorpion. Oh, we'd be enemies, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it really hit a core with me for that. But uh, I, aside from uh, the guy that played Alex in the game, Right, that 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 that's the one. That I was like, really? That's like your surprise. Like, it was Nick Jonas. Yeah, it, I'm not a Jonas Brothers fan. It should have been like somebody else. It should have been like, like a Harrison Ford. Like, like it should have been like somebody you never would have expected to see. To me, that should have been yeah. a big moment. Like, what the fuck? Like, who? Like, who is this? But like the second I should have been like, oh, this is the dude's character from the beginning.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Minor spoiler. No secret.
0: Yeah. It was like if it had been just some random like a different character like. His avatar was quote too close to, like you know. And again, mm. I know this is a kids' movie, but also we've talked about before on the podcast, and we had emails about it. I you know they might be remaking Big Trouble in Little China. This is The Rock. The, the Rock needs to be his character in this, in Big Trouble, and it will be perfect. <laughs> the inept hero who tries to act tough. He was great in this. Like this was this was a this was the perfect role for The Rock. Unlike Skyscraper, which, ugh, I don't even want to see that movie. But, uh, you know, The Rock is great when he's doing the the -the over-the-top action or the -the (laughs) over-the-top. Well, apparently he's the designer of the building, and something happens, and he's got to save everybody. And he also is a character that is disabled, so he has a fake leg. All right. It's Die Hard. It's some sort of Die Hard movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess it looks stupid. Like on it, Like I love like, the, again. Uh, I love The Rock. I will see this at home on my television, but it's just like this isn't like no like as much as I hate Fast and the Furious. He's great in it because he is a oh, he is a superhero. Yeah. You know my boys needing me. He's got an arm cast, so he flexes and breaks his cast. That is a perfect <laughs> move for The Rock. I'm totally on board for that. <laughs> Not when Vin Diesel does it or Paul Walker does it, but when The Rock does it, it works because that's the type of characters I want to see, and that he does best to me. But uh, I personally loved Jumanji. But uh, what were your, what were your thoughts on it?
1: Um, like I said, lukewarm on it. I mean, it was it was okay. It had some decent jokes in it and stuff like that. It just, uh... <laughs> I mean. Let's take a look at the writing credits. This has more writing credits than a Beyoncé song. Holy shit. <laughs> there were 10 people credited as writing. Now, even just the screenplay alone has four, four. people. Yeah. And um, whenever it comes to something like that, it's like, ooh, a discount. What is that? No, whatever. Um,
0: <laughs> well, Also, when you, have ac- when you have comedians like Kevin Hart and comedic actors like Jack Black and even The Rock, yeah. all three actors that have exceptional improvisational skills how Much of that was in the script actually get on screen as sure. well with fo- after having four people work on it,
1: yeah. So, uh, I will say, uh, I've never been much of a um Karen Gillen, I Gillian. fell in love with her. She was so, Th- she, this was the best movie she's done,
0: yeah. I
1: mean, yeah, it and was
0: her best performance in a movie she's done,
1: yeah. Like, because I don't watch Doctor Who, but my wife does, and so every time I see her, yeah, in that, I'm like, ugh, of course, kind of. Cringe with everybody that's in Doctor Who. Send your letters. <laughs> not mean I Not me. Not me. <laughs> right. He's probably the best part. I mean, but he's long gone. Now. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, we, we watched all of Eccleston's. I think we might say it on the podcast. And then all of Tenant's And then like he won. Tennant won me over. Like like okay, this dude is awesome. Like this. Like I understand why people like this show now. Yeah. And then the second like he regenerates and it's Matt Smith. Or
1: like I want to punch this dude in the face. And we <laughs>
0: like li- I literally have only seen the first episode with Matt Smith.
1: Like I don't like this. Wow. Don't like it yeah who's the best part of that um uh, that Marvel show what was it Jessica Jones yeah absolutely
0: and yeah. The, and he in the fright night remake which I've yeah, praised many times, a... he, he plays Peter Vincent so good yeah he's he's he is I want to see him in more things uh big budget type things not just TV shows from the BBC and then Marvel TV like he deserves like he's great mm-hmm. he is a great actor and he can do I could see him doing so much more than what he's been getting right kind of like Eric Bana, like Give the dude a break here. Like, but although they kind of did give Eric Banner breaks, he just, wrong projects, I guess.
1: I mean, this movie played out, I mean, I guess the way they wanted it to was a video game, almost like a platformer where we have one goal in mind and that's the only way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I don't think there were any huge surprises in the, in the movie. Yeah. Because um, the also, second they show
0: their weaknesses, oh, I'm weak to this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Okay, I know what's going to happen. I think they should have spent plot point. Boom, less boom, time boom.
1: explaining stuff like that. I think like, it's, like uh, just assume the audience knows. I mean, well,
0: I can see the parents out there like, what? This, like the like like we're, we we grew up with this shit. Right. So oh, the lines on their arm—that's their lives.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's oh I do it before they even said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like,
0: like we catch on to that. Yeah. But then, in, in, in typical modern movie fashion, sentence, they you know yeah have that exposition. Yeah. Which, you know, that's why that's why people didn't go see Blade Runner twenty forty nine because there was no exposition. <laughs> Right. And they didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> uh, uh, also, uh, Greatest Showman. Yep. Much like you said, fucking phenomenal. Yep. Absolutely. Wish I would have seen it in the theater.
1: I did. Yeah, like, it, that blew me away. Abs- every, like, I even rewatched it after it came out. Loved every second of it. And
0: uh, I've always loved Rebecca Ferguson, who played uh, the singer. Who didn't do on singing, but nevertheless, uh, that song. Because like you, you mentioned that before I seen the movie that you like that song the best. And that it's so funny. Every time I go into Barnes and Noble here locally, mm-hmm. the one off Perkins Road, that song, they play this soundtrack like on a loop at Barnes and Noble now. <laughs> and I always happen to be in there for that song. So it's like, oh man. But yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a powerful performance. It's
0: and it's just just a mm-hmm. great movie. Like I was, I was shocked how much I liked it. Like it was, it, it is a truly great musical. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with Hugh Jackman. I mean, the dude's, right. the dude's, uh, <laughs> I'm looking for a C-word that I can't think of it now. Charisma is just so I was like, fucking C-word. contagious. He's <laughs> cunt. He's such a fucking cunt. Fucking corn. Corn. But anyway, uh, yeah, Greatest Showman, absolutely must see. In fact, all the films i just men- re- I recently mentioned Jumanji, Greatest Showman, Ready Player One, I will personally highly yeah. recommend. Jumanji would be the least of those three in order. Ready Player One, Greatest Showman, Jumanji. Yeah. Uh, but yeah and just it was good I don't want to spoil anything but it was uh, yeah. but if you're interested in the real P.T.
1: Barnum uh, go listen to the episode of the dial-up about it to open your eyes to what a scumbag the real guy was oh yeah yeah like the musical interpretation like stage musical I think hits on that oh really yeah that's interesting yeah. I want to see that
0: <laughs> I really want to see that but uh, you, you can't you keep, I mean, don't put him as a villain I don't want to see him as a villain Right. he's too charismatic He's too good of an actor. Although, he would pull it off. We obviously know he would pull it off. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not that big of a Zac Efron fan or Zendaya. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because I haven't seen him in much because I never watched any High School Musical. I mean, I saw Baywatch and I hated it. But I mean, yeah, Zach Efron was great movie. in this. Oh, gosh. Uh, didn't like him in Hairspray. But, he, but he's good at what he does. He was great in The Disaster Artist because I didn't even know that was him till the end. Give me your fucking money, bitch!
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was him at first. That's right.
0: And then, like, in the end, when he shaved, I'm like, "Holy shit, that was Zach Efron! Good job!" (laughs) I didn't know it was you. And uh, speaking of the disaster artist and uh, complete blank, Tommy was so uh, his new movie
1: comes out this week. Yeah, best friends, fiends, fiends, friends,
0: whatever you want to call it. So yeah, we'll see how that goes.
1: And that's not even his directing or writing. Oh, oh, it's Greg's sister uh, um wrote it but they, yeah but let's get them together again because of course and th- actually have you have you seen the
0: trailer i've seen like it doesn't look like a bad movie I've, the trailer i've seen is like the one with the, it has voices like coming soon to theater like on special two-night event or something i haven't oh, seen like oh, the actual
1: no. like i watched the trailer people talking trailer probably a year no not a year ago several months ago and uh, i'm surprised it's finally coming out yeah this has a uh, released 2017 oh, wow. in september because that's when i saw the trailer maybe and, i'll uh, find
0: it somewhere cheaper
1: or <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not even getting a wide release is it
0: well i supposedly for like two it's one of those two day only type things or hey. like like th- this weekend lo- at least here locally yeah. cinemark showing it for like two days i think yeah. sunday and then wednesday just like
1: cover me in tupelo mississippi speaking is of a, a by the way two day uh premiere on april uh 20th and 21st cover me i'll be there Come Any of our me. fans
0: in uh, the birthplace of birthplace birthplace of Elvis Presley, uh, you might yeah. want
1: to uh, give it a chance, man. Yeah. TCB and uh, see some Jesse and some <laughs> some movies. Or take a short drive from Memphis if you're from there. Hey, there you go. It's like what an hour away or something. Yeah, not too far. Yeah,
0: yeah. So speaking of that, uh, that film will be there, and then also, well, we'll get that to the end.
1: Yeah. No, the other <laughs> no, plugs, I guess. I just saw I just saw a, a place was, to yeah. plug it. <laughs> Perfect segue. Like two days.
0: <laughs> that sounds like another movie. There you go. But uh, anyway, that kind of does it for the meat of this episode. But we did get, as I mentioned earlier, several emails, making sure we were still alive. Right. So I got to give those their due attention. The first from our good friend, UK Pete, he says, hello, gents, just dropping... Well, first of all, his the title of his email, Monday mornings, just not the same. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. <laughs> I can just see him, you know, it's just like... Checking his, hmm. like getting up, like, oh, yeah, checking his, eye, his phone or whatever, or whatever you, you listen to, device you listen they to your still, stuff on. I think and they then, like, still use
1: phones over there. They
0: do? Yeah. I thought they had, like, yeah, yeah I, can't, I, don't, I, don't, I can't go anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to think they, that out. They about. use biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was bangers and mash. You listen, yeah. you plug in your headphones, and you listen. Just kidding, Pete. But I just see him sitting there like, oh, is there an episode waiting for that little wheel to refresh? I'm like, All oh, right. no. And then he just nope. hangs his head and goes about his day. But, hey, no April Fool's joke, Pete. This yeah. actually showed up in your feed today. So, uh, but anyway, he says just dropping a quick email to say hi from the UK. Been a while since the last trip back to the 80s. So, hoping all is well with you guys. Thanks again for the flash Gordon episode at the beginning of the year. Hope to hear a new episode sometime soon. Cheers, your friend here in the UK, Pete. You're welcome, Pete. Here's your new episode. There it is. So yeah, again, again, like we spoke, I mean, we just you know I got a kid on the way. We had some actual uh, filming production stuff, a paying gig, yeah, knock on right. wood to yeah. get taken care of. So Trying to revitalize that. Yeah, so I mean, we've we've literally been
1: busy. I mean, this is something, you know, I still like doing. I hope Jesse still likes doing. Yeah, and if you're a fan of board games, I've been starting up a board game YouTube channel for that. Mm-hmm. I heart board games. Look at it up. I haven't went public with it yet, but I mean the the videos you can still watch them.
0: Yeah, and our friends on Facebook, you're, you you uh, the our listeners that have friend us on Facebook, uh, you us Jesse. You've shared the. When it goes live and everything? Well, I shared it with
1: uh, one particular group. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, okay. It, but, well, I'll you know, take, it back. I take everything back I just said. No, it's fine. I don't care who tunes in. I just haven't, you know, we're still working out some kinks with audio mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, but we'll be sure to let everybody know when it's actually It's live streaming only because I have no time for anything else.
0: <laughs> who does? Who edits? Right. Well, our Not good friend us. Ben does. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, from This one's from uh, Michael Benetto. He says, please, please, please review this movie. Hey, guys. Love your podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, owner, of the most, owner of the most memorable movies from my youth was The Black Hole by Disney. Not a porn. Uh, this was their answer to the sci-fi movie popularity of the 80s. Kind of ironic that they were trying to compete with a the franchise they eventually purchased for a gillion dollars. Uh, keep up the great work, Mick. Uh, thanks, Mick. I did respond to your, uh, these emails. I did respond to most of them, except Ben's, because I like to talk to Ben personally, because he's such a good friend and good listener. <laughs> and actually, the, but these came in like a while back anyway. Ben's came in earlier this uh, last late last week. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's one we'll add to the list, Mick. Uh, I saw it hole. once when I was a kid. Is this this 1979
1: thing? Wait, 1979. No, wait, thing? 1979. December twenty first, nineteen seventy nine, but it could be like those. It was in the few... theaters
0: in the eighties. So, Michael, you get had a pass. few that
1: crossed the line. Yeah, yeah. This is Disney's. So, okay, so what is this one?
0: But I saw this movie one time when I was in daycare as a kid, and I, sorry, it's quick spoiler, having not seen it since then, I hated it. But <laughs> but for the love of this podcast and because Michael wants to hear it, I'm gonna rewatch it again. Oh wow! But this is I've seen it one time, literally when I was probably five or six, and that was it. Mm. That one time. So I don't... I just remember them running across a bridge with explosions. That is the only memory I have of this film.
1: I saw so. that photo of it just a second ago. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, this, this is one of those movies that they made like 50 different covers for it. Oh, yeah. It's like, why?
0: There, Yeah, yeah. That, yeah I remember that shot. Yeah. I remember something like that
1: happening. Photo 2 of 61 on IMDb if you want to look at it.
0: <laughs> but Robert Forrester, yeah. Some familiar faces, but yeah, Mike, we'll definitely get. Uh, I will. Get, we will get on that when, as soon as we can.
1: And when you say Disney, so, I automatically think, oh, it's animated. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> this, you know, we,
0: well, Disney used to make some kick-ass live-action films, but, well,
1: this was nominated for two Oscars. Ooh,
0: let's see, cinematography and visual effects.
1: All eh? right,
0: interesting. A little getting, getting a little ahead of ourselves, though. For <laughs> so we got to save some <laughs> material for the podcast, Jesse. There might not sure. be too much. Uh, but anyway. Uh, <clears throat> Another email from a, fir- uh, a first email from uh, a listener. He said about the Clue podcast. This, one's, this one is from Matthew Elliott. Elliot, Elliott. I'll be right. I'm sure he's never here. heard that before. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Low hanging fruit for an 80s podcast, at least. Sure. Uh, just found your podcast. I really enjoy it. Thank you very much. I listened to the Clue episode from September. You asked for games to play that are like Clue. I don't know if anyone has told you about the board game 13 Dead End Drive. I had it as a kid and loved playing it. It was somewhat similar to Clue. I know exactly what you're talking about. What? I, we, Me and my brother, we had that game, hmm. but we never played it.
1: What? Yeah, it has a 5.8 on Board Game Geek, which is not a great score.
0: But uh, I remember it because uh, the chauffeur character looked oh, wow. like uh, quite a, production, a character from though. a... Uh, Asian film, I can't remember it now, but uh, we got it, and then like actually, only minute, my brother bought it, and I think we just didn't get the rules, so we yeah. never played it,
1: yeah, whenever that kind of thing. I've had a few games like that, like the X Men game, did that. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, cool, cool little figures of all the X Men pieces, but never played it.
0: Oh, like the one they sold at KB Toys, like the little plastic, little, the little
1: silver, yeah, silver ones.
0: I, 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 I saw that all the time at KB. I wanted to get it just for the figures, yeah, just to play with them. Yeah. Not to play the game because I didn't get because uh, at that at that point nope we you know board games were for family night but it was more like Tornado Rex or very simple games not very te-
1: many text heavy games. Did y'all ever set it up at least? This, I uh, think we might have set dead. it up and
0: then because
1: it's pretty impressive on the table. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah.
0: I just remember some of the character cards is all. But yeah. Wow. Totally, Matthew. Totally remember it. Never again. Never played it. I might try to find one on eBay and maybe we'll play it. As a as <laughs> a crossover episode with uh, Jesse's oh there you go. War games. perfect in fact let me let's see what it's going for on eBay let's see if this is possible because some of those old games that we used to have like Forbidden Bridge or Shark Attack or Speed T- Tornado Rex major bucks on eBay wow like for a complete like you know all the pieces et cetera et cetera oh, you got it yeah I got it <laughs> $22.99. Oh, that's not bad
1: not too bad you. Uh, I was just at a, like an antique store, and they had a ton of board games. But all the older, older ones, this one was not part of it. But, I mean, yeah, 25 bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad.
0: Well, we got a great idea for a crossover episode. There we go.
1: So there you go. Coming soon. Maybe in the future. Let Definitely. us know if you want to see that, and, it, and then I'll wager whether it's well, worth wanna, the $25. i am going to buy it, Jesse. I want to buy it. <laughs> I'll buy it because it's part of this podcast. Well, I mean, I have many 80s games already. That we could play, a hmm. crossover. Does it have to be this one? Eh, I don't know. Eh, well, it's been requested. That's we'll consider true. that a request. That's true, but uh,
0: that's what we should have done for the Clue episode. We should have done like you know the episode and then play play game of
1: Clue. <laughs> yeah, last time I we'll... played Clue, your wife wiped the ground yeah, with us.
0: I don't. Know. I think it seems like we talked about that on the podcast, but I was probably on that podcast. I was absolutely <laughs> blown away that she did that because you were like, "No way," she's she's, lying. she's not an absurd like she doesn't. I love my wife to death, obviously, because I'm married to her and we're having a kid together. Although that's not usually that criteria to love somebody. Sure, usually that happens by Especially accident. Especially around here. <laughs> 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 I get that reference as Cap would say, but uh, she's you know we'll watch a movie and it's just like, okay, I know that I know what's about to happen, and she's like, oh, I'm like, you didn't see that coming? No. <laughs> she's just typi- She's typically not that kind of person wow. that's observant, like in terms in that regard. So I I come I was I was you can ask Jesse, he's here. I was like, no, I was like, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, there's no way. How did you cheat? Like, I was getting, like, <laughs> I probably got a little too aggressive. Like, there's no way you did this. Like, how did? You explain to me step by step. Wow. And she had it. She had it on lockdown. I was blown away. And then, <laughs> yet, the, uh, I'm saying this in is, this is fun mode. Right. We, we call each other bad names all the time in front of each other. I'm like, bitch, you don't. I dropped these hints for Christmas, and you still got to ask me. But you get you you beat me in Clue. <laughs> well, it's like a 30 minute time frame. <laughs> or that is true. Hour time frame. <laughs> that is true. But uh, another email from our good, another friend in the UK, UK Lee. Lee Bragg says, hey, hope you both are okay and all is going well. I think we've answered that. So everything's good, Lee. Uh, Haven't been up to much. Had a few weeks holiday I had to use up and mainly watch some DVDs because we had pretty bad snow over here. So couldn't really drive anywhere. It doesn't help that I live in a quarry. So the road leading to it is very dangerous. Jesus Christ, Lee, (laughs) please be safe. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware that when it snows in the UK, the whole country goes to pot. That's sort of like California here when it rains, because it yeah. rains about two days a year in California, and people just freak out. But every place <laughs> has their freak out
1: thing for... When it snows here.
0: Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah. Actually, that's... Yeah. Here, that would be us. This day it snows, we're closing all the interstates, everybody stay home, and there's like, you know, three snowflakes. Right. <laughs> but over here, it's like... Because we... And that's, that happens here because a few years ago, we had a day where like it like, everything iced. It didn't snow, but everything iced over, and it was chaos. Yeah. So then... Typical Louisiana government. Okay, the next time we think it's going to be anywhere close to that, we just shut the interstates down. Well, I mean, that happened—you're talking about this year, right? Yeah, no. A few years ago is when it happened when Perry—when our friend Perry was a road deputy. Mm-hmm. Where like, all the roads were iced over. Nobody was, had any concept of what that meant.
1: Well, just a couple of months ago it yeah, happened here again. They cl- like,
0: Yeah, here, the interstate was closed for like three days.
1: Yeah, well, I decided to keep working. <laughs> you must have been through back roads and— Oh, yeah. Well, I had a fun time because no one was on the road. Yeah. I was like, let's see what that ice can do. (laughs) So I'm in... Thank God you're here. I'm in downtown Baton Rouge. And uh, I was like, this ice can't be that bad, right? So I get on the ice (laughs) and I hit the gas and I'm turning the other way. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just spinning down the road of downtown Baton Rouge. (laughs) I'm like, somebody's watching this. Yeah, somebody. But, okay. So I just take off the gas until it eases down. Yeah, just let it... But I mean, I think the main thing is just you know keep your cool. Yeah, you'll be all right. Um, happened, yeah, I totally, totally could have hit something because yeah. I wasn't in control after uh, after. I... Yeah, once you start, yeah, all you can do is try to direct it somewhat. But oh no, I didn't. I mean, I just let oh, it just go it? and yeah, and eventually I stopped. I was like, all right, reverse, and then keep going. I was like, I'm not doing <laughs> that again. Let's go Fair ahead and know. avoid that uh, future ice. <laughs> but you know, you gotta you gotta experience it to know it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's one of those things like here it's so infrequent
1: we don't know it. Right. No you you'll, oh, you'll never know, know it. I know it now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you learn not to like, yeah. okay, when they say go slow,
1: go slow. Go slow yeah. yeah. cuz yeah. I could have easily have drifted into one, anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, fortunately I knew there were sidewalks and stuff yeah, that were so going to catch bump. me. But it, yeah, yeah. That's, that's well, I'm glad pl-
0: you're still here, Jesse. Wow.
1: I wouldn't have died. I mean, it was downtown Baton Rouge. I mean, yeah, it was, it was downtown Baton Rouge. You had a light pole, it was going to cause a chain reaction. Right. <laughs> Who knows what would happen? Because it only because there was nobody around. Yeah. Well, again, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> but Lee goes on. Oh, go ahead. And because I own the business. So if it would have crashed a truck, I would have been fine. they <laughs> I mean, are like, that's on me. But uh, much like here, over there in the UK where Lee,
0: uh, Lee is, uh, trains are canceled, airports closed, and the roads are so bad, even if it's of three or four inches. Wow. Three or four inches is a lot. We, we did yeah, get about that this true. year or last year with the snow we had, but again, they closed everything, so everything was fine. Anyway, it's all melted now, but it gave me a chance to stay in and watch things. I was very impressed with It Follows. Good job. I like that one as well. It was very tense, and it was a very original idea and creepy that it didn't talk, just followed. I completely agree very underrated horror horror movie, but a very original one, especially in recent memory. Uh, I've also been watching a series
1: called Black Mirror. Have you heard of it or seen it? Seen every episode, bro. I'm still catching up. I I enjoy it every time I tune into it. Mm -hmm. But because it's like something I don't need to keep watching the episodes. Yeah, it's It's not like continuous. If I have a spare hour, hour, I'll watch it. Yeah.
0: Although there are tie, there are little things that tie oh. certain ones together, but it's see, not to where like you have, you watch them back to back. But like you'll see, oh that dude has those eye things from that episode, or mm. oh that's the app that dude was using in that one, et cetera, etc. Little, it's little touches. It's cosmetic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- basically, it's getting at that most of these stories happen in the same world, yeah, different times or whatever. But yeah, but at least that's very good in all caps. Uh, highly recommended. Also, Wind River was very good. And have you seen a mockumentary called What We Do in the Shadows? Yes, Wind River. Wind River was amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. And it's funny you mention What We Do in the Shadows because the writer of our next email and good friend and two-time, two-time guest on the podcast, Ben Wyatt, uh, recommended it to me when I said I didn't like Thor Ragnarok as much as he did. Uh, but I haven't seen that. It is on my Amazon list. Just haven't watched it yet. But he goes on to say, Very funny about a camera crew that follows a group of vampires a bit like This Is Spinal Tap. Has some very funny parts in it. Anyway, looking forward to your next show. All the best, Lee. Thank you very much, Lee. All the best to you as well uh I will be watching what we do in shadows soon and I'll be sure to let you and especially Ben know what I thought of it and speaking of the Tasmanian devil himself mm. Ben Wyatt in his email which he sent last week he says hey guys it's been forever and I have some spare time so I thought I'd finally get an email into you guys no rush Ben we were <laughs> we yeah, it's no been forever rush. for us too <laughs> But uh, first of all, what's up with the podcast? My Fridays at work have been ruined because I haven't got you guys easing me into the weekend. Again, apologies. Fridays. <laughs> he saves it for when he's at work, like certain days to okay. listen to stuff.
1: Because, yeah, it comes out on Sunday.
0: Uh, let's see. Secondly, when you get around to the next character showdown, you better put Rowdy Abilene from Heart Ticket into it. And, of course, Jason from No Retreat, No Surrender. Or maybe Bruce Lee's Ghost will go a bit better. I'll, I'll <laughs> link that up to you, Ben. No, of course, Rowdy Abilene's in it. Although I did consider The Snake. But I've already got the list made as we do the episodes. But Rowdy's in there. But for uh, No Retreat, actually, right now I had Van Damme's character just because Van Damme, hes a villain. So I'm gonna leave that up to you, Ben. You tell me which character you want in that showdown. And whenever that that name comes up in the on the bracket, I'll be sure to we we'll should be sure to get you on that episode. And we'll let you take that one. So you're the expert on No Retreat, No Surrender. That's in your court, my friend. It's all up to you. You have the fate of that character. He mm-hmm. uh, goes on hmm what else uh, Flash Gordon it was okay the one time I saw it but my kids liked it more than me I can <laughs> see that again, that's, a, that's a movie I like but I, I understand exactly why some people might not like it or kids might like it more it's like a coloring book in terms of the color scheme I mean it's very it's very loud yeah which I can definitely see why kids would like it uh, Night of the Comet I watched a few years ago for what I remember I think and I, I enjoyed it more than you Trey eh it's just it could have done oh, we talked about it on the podcast but maybe you did I don't know uh, I don't need to watch it again Although yeah. uh, the girl was pretty cute, uh, Three O'clock High. I've never seen it, but assumed it was a stoner movie. But I do want to see it. It's funny you mention that because when you think of the title, yeah, I, I, I definitely see that.
1: And it was in that era where they're yeah, starting to give them time.
0: But the high part is more like tw- you know, High Noon, right? So, but again, if you just hear the title, what is this? Another? Is this a spinoff of Fast Times? Spicoli's,
1: you know, hmm. day before the school or something? Or it's true they probably didn't even consider that. I mean. They could have called it three o'clock duel or uh, three.
0: Well, it makes sense when you three know o'clock it. fight. Yeah, or I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense sure. after you see the movie, but no one's going to make that connection. Oh, it's a western when you hear three o'clock high, that's and true. it's you, it's about kids in school. I'm not going to I'm not going to make that jump.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: But yeah, that's one Ben again. Like as on the podcast, I recommend it. I personally really really like that movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it's one I wish I would have seen when I was younger. Uh, and I, I, liked it. I liked your uh, post on Facebook when I saw you were watching this, but he goes on to say, I'm currently watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space for next week's BAMcast. Cheeky plug there. But uh, that's available on uh, the Asia Mania podcast feed where uh, Ben hosts that. Uh, good podcast where they watch bad movies. Always a pleasure to listen to people talk about bad movies, as we've done many times on here. Uh, and he said, Do you, did you, this is, you get into wrestling talk? And this is, this is funny because I literally watched this last night and I, this is the first time I'm reading this email. Did you see the ultimate deletion? It was the first WWE <laughs> thing I've watched in almost a year, and I couldn't give a rat's ass about watching WrestleMania this year as I've gone balls deep and watching every New Japan pro wrestling show that's been on, and that's about 15 times two and a half-hour shows this month. Uh, there's nothing really else happening to me, but I hope to you guys again soon. XXX. Well, OOO to you too, my friend. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I watched the ultimate deletion. I, lo- I mean, I love it. It's just right. it's, it's, so good. It, it's bits. It,
1: They saved it for the end of the show. I mean, it wasn't plugged very well. Mm. I think they saw the backlash to that because even on the Hulu cut, the Hulu cut, they always cut it down to an hour and a half, taking the best parts, Mm -hmm. left it out. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like... I saw it on YouTube. Right. Just the ultimate... They just had just that segment. I think because people were complaining, it's like, you didn't even put this in the Hulu cut? I mean, this is the only way to watch Raw after the fact, Mm -hmm. unless you record it on DVR or something like that, which fortunately I did. Or else I never would have seen unless, you know, they made us think about it. But, um, yeah, they really stuck to the roots of... Oh, yeah, they kept... They, they were throwing in all the hits. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was so good. I loved it so much. I, I mean, it's rare. I mean, when I watch some wrestling matches, because, again, I only watch, usually watch the Royal Rumble. And then I don't even know if I'm going to get the network again for WrestleMania, because I don't even know if I care enough you can where, just they're, watch it here. where they're going with it. <laughs> uh, you know, so... But this, that was... I had a smile on my face from start to finish, just laughing and just just enjoying wrestling. Right. You know, it's not like it's a superior match, like chair with wheels, mower of lawns. lawns. I'm like, this is so genius. <laughs> like, how are how is this not being sure. eaten up? It's
1: so good. And it didn't help that the uh, Michael Cole, the main announcer, is like just downing it the whole time. It's like this is so stupid. Why, are, you know, here we go. Another waste of time and stuff like whatever. That. It's like why? Are you... I mean, I understand they need to have stances and stuff like that, but give that to one of the other people. Yeah, I mean, not to the not the main guy or I don't know. It just See, I leave no, it to the audience or something. No, I don't know. So you watched it on Raw? Yeah. Did they have the crowd noises during it, or was
0: it just kind of like when they, on the broadcast um, you just saw it without like you know crowd reaction? I, would, I think it was without crowd. Okay, because I thought it was on YouTube. Well, yeah. I'm just assuming like the pop. I'd like to know, like, the pops it was getting. All right, as they were watching it, because I, I mean, as a wrestling fan, well, the internet, I popped. loved it. It was <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah. And then, a funny, the funniest thing to me are all the memes now with uh, Bray Wyatt's other characters. Like, since Bray Wyatt is deleted, right? Who's he gonna come back as? They were showing like his other like well, they were, his Jabber characters. Like, oh,
1: so and so is gonna come back, or well, I think they said something like uh, Woken Bray Wyatt. You know, he's just gonna be. Just oh, that'd like, be awesome! Let yeah. him do a tag since Just like Jeff brother, isn't
0: coming back anytime soon. Even though uh, he made a little appearance. Yeah, I was I was shocked because I didn't. I, I, when did this air? Did This air last week or
1: recent? Very recent. Okay. Yeah, probably last week. Yeah. And then, then two weeks ago.
0: Okay. Then that would that would either have been right before or right after his uh, DUI.
1: Right. They probably filmed Which it, was it pre-filmed, before. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah but. But mean I mean, that. I don't think that's going to affect his career. I hope not. The reason he's not in there is because of injury. Um. But yeah, I think. WrestleMania is a great time for Woken Bray, Bray Wyatt to come along and then their tag team. That would be so. Like that. that would
0: be enjoyable. That would be yeah, so it would, enjoyable.
1: It will be the brother Nero yeah. type, you know, or sister Abigail. <laughs> he comes out and drag. Yeah. that would be awesome. There you go, sister. Abigail.
0: Brother Nero is not here. But sister, we're talking to yeah. George Washington. I've given been given the power to resurrect you <laughs> from the lake. What the lake of deletion? yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah what is it the lake of reincarnation, Re- reincarnation. Or, yeah, yeah that's it so
0: good God, I,
1: <laughs> and that's just them using what they have yeah that's just TNA. a carbon copy right of they're TNA. like we have no budget or anything do something at your house yes.
0: yeah and it I worked mean, what a great
1: way genius to do it yeah absolutely genius like that's you could tell he's a truly creative person because of this i mean if and i can't give credit to anybody who came up with it as well because they don't really give credit that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But assuming that th- that's a pure Hardy thing, what a great idea. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And because,
0: I mean, I was, cause, you know, Autumn doesn't, she, kn- she knows the Hardy boys because she used to watch, you know, Jeff's cute, you know, like back in the day. <laughs> like that's, that, that's what she knew. And like, well, you know, like, cause back in the day, you know, Jeff was the one that got the big spots sure. in the match. Matt was never a bad wrestler, but Jeff was the one like, "No, no, Jeff, don't do it! You're gonna break him in half!" Yeah, climbing up the you know the ladder and then looking down and like, "Nah," going higher and then like he was the one doing the senton bombs. He was the first. Also, Titantron and everything. was the
1: one to go singles. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you know, Matt kind of didn't necessarily get a short mistake. stick. He was always he was always a good wrestler, and then he had his big feud with Edge and Lita, which was really real um. <laughs> but then now like this like this is what they had that whole time like he and TNA was able to just fuck it
1: ah! yeah. this this character came up ridiculous. with an accent that doesn't exist <laughs>
0: this character is ridiculous but it is so good it is mm-hmm. so entertaining
1: yeah like
0: I'm, I'm a perma fan of that character the second they appeared at <laughs> Wrestlemania was it Wrestlemania last year yeah uh yeah the first to that pop and back. just like everybody was like Please, like, let him, please get the, like, let him be that kid. Like, yeah. bring that, in. and who does he feud with? The best person to feud with, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Aside from maybe The Undertaker, but that, that wouldn't have worked. But you have two good people, and I didn't see
1: any of the promos leading up to it. I don't even know how those went. They were uh, just, like, one cam, dead on face. You know, Typical, and they, like, holding the lantern. or was going just, back and forth, like them smack-talking each other. I mean, there wasn't much... There wasn't much in-ring. It was all on screen. Good. Well, that's what it should have been. Yeah. Just like the old days. You know, me and Gene, I want to tell you when I'm going to,
0: you know, that's, that's right. where it works. That's where it's good. <laughs> Instead of, you know, whatever. But yeah, I've loved it to death. And again, thank all y'all for uh, sticking with us to our, you know, impromptu break. But you know, whenever we can record, we're going to record. And if there's ever something that, you know, it, it, you know, you will know before we stop so if 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 no one episode's coming out, one, you know Jesse, if I die, please let everybody know on Facebook or Twitter that it's over. <laughs> we'll let you. We'll let everybody know if something does happen. But uh, you know, if, I'll when, do one last episode. Whenever there's a break, if you don't hear anything, no news is good
1: news. That I killed you.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've you've deleted me, but I'm <laughs> yeah. back, brother Sedgley. <laughs> Nah, I can't steal that bit. I think I'm going original. (laughs) But anyway, next week, uh, I got one already done, which is just the best of 87, but just depending on what I see between now and next episode, we'll go from there. But, uh, yeah, again, thanks for coming back and listening. We appreciate it, and we will be back hopefully next week. If not, give us some time. I got a kid on the way. Jesse's (laughs) got a film festival to go to. We got things going on. But, yeah, uh, don't forget... uh, other podcasts, of course, we have all the, you have all the, the catalog of episodes of the Asia Mania podcast and the BAMcast, also hosted on Asia, Asia Mania feed. Uh, give those a listen. As well as our friends John and James and Lafayette, you got all their old episodes to listen to, so always plenty, plenty of entertaining things to listen to, especially in the world of podcasts. Still got your jacket. Yep. Oh, did you find it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. John, <laughs> yeah. still got it, bro. It's hanging in my closet. Well, he was a guest host on our last character battle, so maybe hopefully I'll get a hold of him and like, come on, come on, John, get your jacket. <laughs> be on the podcast again. Get that taken care of. Speaking oh, of that, I, I, a good friend of mine, Scott Jordan, he let me borrow the Weapon X trade paperback in high school. This is 97, around then. And then uh, he I think he graduated a year ahead of us, or maybe the same year, I don't remember. Anyway, but I borrowed it for a while, and then just through just happenstance never got it back to him. And then like every time I would like, run into him at a show or something, lo- local music show, Hey, what's up, dude? I still got your Weapon X. I mean, <laughs> and, and literally, it was about fifteen years later. I got it back to him. Oh, wow! So, like, I, I still have it. What's the ending
1: to that story? I just, <laughs> it's just
0: like, I, like we just, you know, some you don't mean to lose contact, but just over the course of time, you don't forget him. But oh, I haven't seen you forever, man. How you been? We lost, you know, you lost touch.
1: You think he still listens? The uh, John James? I hope so. I don't know. Ask well, them on Facebook. <laughs> if they do, I'm going to Lafayette uh, on the 14th for a board game festival. So
0: <laughs> Hey, I'll hit them up on Facebook. John, can we there can drop you your jacket off, we can meet you. Maybe Jesse be will be here.
1: And I'm thinking about going maybe for that po'boy Boy Festival mm. on the 7th. Yeah, it's like $3 po'boys. Boys. Like, what? Yeah, and like 20-something vendors. So, Holy shit. Yeah, it sounds fun. And I'm hungry,
0: so that makes me even <laughs> more excited for that. But yeah, yeah, we'll be back next week, everybody. Again, thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks again for the third, fourth time, whatever it's been. To everybody that checked in on us was just curious how we were doing. That means a lot. You know, yep. uh, most of the people that have eaten, actually everybody except for John with Now versus Nostalgia that's emailed or messaged us, we have never met. Yeah. It's all just been through me and Jesse talking to these microphones and the feedback that y'all have given us either on Facebook or emails, and we always appreciate that, and Y'all are all our friends. So, yep. again, yeah, thank you for checking on us. We appreciate that from friend to friend. So, But until next time, everybody. April Fools. Ha, ha, fuck you guys. <laughs> Good one, Jeff. Perfect. Good thing. Because we're not recording on April Fools, so I'm not in that mode of like, oh, i got to throw in some jokes here.
1: Right, I, sh- right. I should
0: have written some, like, make sure to say this yeah, for fake April Fools. news. <laughs> but anyway, thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next week or shortly after. And until then I remain Trey Harris. Jesse essentially Cowabunga. Find this show and more on Facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on twitter at awesome pods